There's a guy that you may or may not know because he's Canadian. Uh, he has been uh, on the conservative front of Canadian politics for a very long time. Uh, he is uh, really, um, in many ways, the guy who is, uh, he's kind of the Rupert Murdoch of uh, of Canadian conservatives. He has tried uh, for a long time to make sure that conservative voices were heard in Canada. And it's harder than it is uh, here in America. Uh, Ezra Levant is is with us now, and and you have written a book that came out during the election of Justin Trudeau, and you're now being investigated by the government. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to tell you a story about this, and I'd like your American listeners to uh, think of an alternative history if, say, Hillary Clinton had won in 2016. What might be different now? Because when I talk about Canada, it's like you have a dystopian time machine. What could things be like if you Continue go off course? Yeah. Road, yeah, Or if you make the wrong choice. Yeah. So in the last Canadian election in October, I wrote a book. I published a book about Justin Trudeau. I called it The Libranos, a takeoff mm-hmm. of The Sopranos. It's not that funny, but, you know, mm. the book did well. Went to number two on the Canadian bestseller list. He was very critical of Trudeau. There were 24 books about Justin Trudeau in that last election cycle. Some most liked him. Mine was critical. Over Christmas, I got a registered letter from our version of the FEC. It's called Elections Canada, saying I was being investigated for illegal campaign activity and would I present myself for an interrogation. So I went to Ottawa to the high-security headquarters of our FEC were two 30-year veterans of the Mounties who are now federal investigators for Elections Canada grilled me for an hour in a small closed room about my book. Um, now I kn- This is after the election. Yeah. So the election was over. Trudeau mm-hmm. was re-elected. He has a minority government, but, but he's still in power, and he's really moving forward on different kinds of censorship. Um, in fact, just last week, uh, his one of his cabinet ministers proposed registering and licensing news websites. So um, we're probably the first wow. in line because we're... That'll uh, happen here. Well, I talked to Ted Koppel. He wants that to happen. Uh, well, a lot, mean, of, a lot of the incumbent media mm-hmm, want that to mm-hmm. rule out the insurgent media. Yes, the legacy yes. media is a way of protecting them. Mm-hmm. So... I I have been investigated before, about a dozen years ago, I was interrogated because I republished the Danish cartoons of Mohammed. Mm-hmm. And then it was a human rights commission that prosecuted me. So I, I knew what was coming, so I recorded my interrogation and didn't let the cops know about it. They actually, when I came in the room, they said, no video recording of this for security reasons. I thought, well, I'm going to... Ignore that advice. I recorded the whole thing, and I did so. I, I, I don't normally do that. In fact, I've never done that with a secret recording before. Mm-hmm. But I thought no one will believe me if I just tell them what happens. For example, the first and, and I sent your producer some clips. The first thing I said when I got in the room was, you've summoned me here to Ottawa. Can I see the complaint against me? Can I know who complained against me? I haven't seen it yet. And if I don't know if you have the time, but it's about a one-minute clip. We do. If you have that, can we play these? Are these in order? 
Uh, is this the first clip? Uh, I, th- I think so. It's it's the one where I say, hey, guys, um, can you show me the complaint? And their answer is shocking. It's right out of the star chamber. Let's see if this is it. Go ahead. Can I see the complaint against me? The letter that you received? No. I presume that you're investigating oh, based complaint. on a complaint. Yeah. Oh, this is still part of the investigation, so we'll have to, uh, once the investigation's been uh, completed, um, the commission will have to make a decision. At that point, she'll have to decide if, if that is releasable or not. It's not so something that's usually is released, no. So it's a secret complaint? It's not a secret complaint. It's just a complaint that's part of the investigation. And to, to, to keep the integrity of the investigation right now, uh, you'll understand that we can't share everything that we have. As we oh, I don't want on. everything that you had. I just, if I'm here to meet a complaint, but you won't show me the complaint, how can I possibly meet the complaint? How can I possibly respond to something that you won't show me? Well, though, I think the letter was quite clear on what we're, what the infraction is, is alleged, and uh, this is what we want to clarify with you. Well, did you generate the complaint, or was it from an outside party? No, we didn't generate the complaint. The okay, so someone did not generate the complaint. So someone external to your office generated the complaint. That is usually the case. Is it's, that the case in this case? Yeah, yeah. We did not generate the complaint. Okay, was it the Liberal Party that generated the we complaint? Can't go into that, sir. So you won't tell me who the complaint is. Who the complainant is? That's a secret. Yeah, no, no, not at this point. So at what point do you tell me who this is? The commissioner is, is the, the ultimate uh, responsible person for, uh, for the investigation and, and how this uh, is so, decided. So. so how do I know what, I've, what conduct has been complained about if you won't tell me? This is, the, you don't have a right to face your accuser? I don't even know if there is a complaint. Um, and I don't know if they're asking me questions to as misdirection. Um, later on, I mean, we were there for 55 minutes and I recorded the whole thing. They were doing their best not to tell me anything, but I was asking as many questions as I was answering. And one of them finally said he had been watching my shows, my, my videos. Uh-huh. And in one of them, I said, of course, I published my book during the election. That's when people want to know about an election, you don't publish a book after the election. There's uh-huh. going to be a thousand books about Donald Trump uh-huh. this year. Yeah. You would publish them before, not after. Right. And he, 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 there's a, uh, a clip you have there where he says, um, I, I think it's number, um, here, yeah, the investigators, the timing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Question, this is clip four, please. Investigators right. question Ezra on his release of the Trudeau book during an election. They said it, that's what made it an election crime, is that I wrote about the election during the election. It's, it's unbelievable. He says it. Watch. So when you, when you came to your decision, you're going to author a book, release a book, in time for the election, and I don't have your own words, but online, you when you received a letter from uh, Madame Gigou... You did a, a blurb online that I watched, and you speak about, of course, that it was released in time for the election. Which, if, if that's your position today, that wouldn't allow you to have the exemption for, for advertising for a book. So that's why we wanted to clarify that with you. Perhaps you were misspoken when you spoke online? Or, so we're here to try to clarify. 
What the hell does that even mean? What exemption? What are you talking about? There's the the law as written says books and the promotion of books are exempt from uh, prosecution, and so I when I first got this threat letter over Christmas, I did a video saying this is ridiculous. Books are specifically exempt. This has got to be a mistake. They hold me in anyways. And he, he had watched my video and he said, oh, you admitted that the book was timed for the election. Of course it was. Of, co- of course it was. That's- I mean, John Bolton's book is worth something to Simon & Schuster because it was they could leak it at the time yeah. of the impeachment. Of course. That's not meddling in the election. That's participating That's, in the election. Right. And, there, you know, I was not aware of the fact that 24 other books were published about Trudeau. Mine is the only one being investigated. Let me play that clip. Sure. That's uh, clip three. Have you investigated any of the other authors who published books about Trudeau at the exact same time as me? Have you invested John, investigated John Iveson's book or Aaron Wary's book? There's over 24 books that were published around that period. You haven't answered my question. Have you investigated John Iveson or Aaron Wary's books? I haven't. Have you? I haven't. Yeah. Is anyone in your office investigating any other books about Justin Trudeau or just the book that's critical of him? They're getting angry at you and they're dismissing. There's one more clip and I know I'm showing a lot, but it was, it's sort of incredible to believe. These are 30 year Mounties. Actually, they both worked organized, one worked organized crime. They both worked terrorism cases. Now they're federal investigators. They've got five men on my case and... And one of them said, did you consider registering the book with the government? And let me just say, I'm... Registering the book. Under Soviet domination in Romania, which was an Eastern Bloc country, if you had a typewriter, you had to register your typewriter with Mm -hmm. police. And you had to type out a sample because each typewriter Mm -hmm. in the olden days was Mm -hmm. slightly different. They would keep a sample. So if they ever found some samizdat, some freedom... Type, they could compare it to all the registered typewriters and know who the troublemaker was. They registered typewriters in Romania under Soviet domination. And this cop says, did you consider registering your book with the government? Clip five. The knowledge that you would have or not have of the, of the election, the Canada Elections Act, when you are planning the book and you... The, the, the new third-party rules, because I believe there's some comments on your stuff as well about that. Did you give any consideration of saying, maybe I should register as a third-party for this circumstance, or maybe I shouldn't um, because of my interpretation of what I'm going to do, or did you um, not make that determination? And Tim, I appreciate the question. Yeah, I absolutely did think about that at great length. Wanted to share any of those thoughts? Well, sure, some of them. I mean, I thought the day I register with the government to write a book is the day we no longer are the true north strong and free. And if Elections Canada's commissioners are stupid enough to prosecute me for writing, publishing, and promoting a book about an election during an election, then that's an important fight to have because we need to roll back these pencil-neck bureaucrats and their blackface boss and we need to remind them that we're still a free country. So I thought about it long and hard, Tim. I was a little bit lippy there. I was doing my best not to swear. I was so frustrated. Yeah. And 
these guys, I, I felt like they were trying to get me to confess and do a plea bargain. And I, I was blunt. I said, no, I think you need to be told by a judge that what you're doing is wrong. Now, I hope that the judge, because we do have in our Constitution some protections for free speech, but you wouldn't know it. Because these guys have five men on the case of my book. And I should tell you, my book only hit number two on the bestseller list during the election. Since I released this interrogation tape, my book hit number one. Mm. So that's the irony about censorship in this day and age. That You want to read the things that people don't want you to read. And why is it that Trudeau is so mad about a little book by an independent author that he wants to ban it and he six five cops on it? Like, what is it? And in Canada, we have our state broadcaster, the CBC, the Canadian mm-hmm. Broadcasting mm-hmm. Corporation. It is larger than all private sector news media combined. So it's so dominant. Trudeau already has that. And then he did a massive newspaper bailout where almost every newspaper in Canada now gets payments Subject. from the government. So the number of purely independent media in Canada, it's less than 10%. It's probably... By readership, it's probably 5%. But that last 5% is so irritating to him, he wants to snuff it out. I believe that in a short order, there will only be two kinds of journalists in Canada. Those who work for Justin Trudeau in some way, or those who are being prosecuted by Justin Trudeau in some way. Coming our way. I think so. I think I really... If we don't turn around. I think the EU, what happened with Brexit, is a big crack in the in the new wall yeah. uh and i think there is a chance that this stuff is turned around but if we don't turn these governments around and they don't start respecting the rights of free people they're going to continue to power grab and power grab and power grab and we will all be silenced you and i spoke on the radio once about tommy robinson yeah uh, a dissident journalist who was put in solitary confinement for 66 days because of his reporting about right. a rape gang that's worse than Canada, and Canada is worse than America. So this is your early warning. The UK is terrible. Canada is not as bad, but it's dangerous. My friends, it's easier to fight in the first ditch than in the last ditch. And it was. it is so much harder to regain a freedom than to keep it. And I just hope that, I mean, you're you're one of the guys that they would want to censor. Oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> yeah, no. the, the rage against oh, Rush Limbaugh is because he didn't toe the line. Yeah. All right. Back in just a second with just a little. So um, I just have to say this out loud. Um, Ezra Levant is um, he's the founder of the Rebel Media website up in Canada. He is the host of the Ezra Levant um, podcast. Uh, He has been outspoken for a very long time. Usually, usually, I mean, first of all, every time I see him, he introduces himself. He's really, really humble and quiet. But usually if someone gives to somebody else's charity, especially in a large way, they make a big deal out of it. I didn't know that you have been donating. Your your company, your team, and your listeners have been donating to the Nazarene Fund now for a long time, $5,000 a month commitment. Why? What? I mean, I'm so appreciative. I didn't know that you were doing this. Can we turn this mic up? There we go. Um, credit to our, our donors and our viewers. I went to Iraq just over two years ago yeah. uh, with a small team, and we saw the genocide against Christians. It's really yeah. ethnic cleansing. 
and it's being ignored by all the powers of the world. Yeah. Even, I regret to say, I think even the, the church has ignored yeah. it. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. some great exceptions. Yes, uh, yes. Like the Samaritan's Purse is a notable exception. Yes. And so we did some videos about this, but I thought, well, let's help. So let's raise some money for these these Christians. I'm Jewish myself, and I saw so many analogies with the Holocaust, the desecration of the Christian cemeteries, um, the marking of the door. In Germany, it was the yellow star. In Iraq, it was the nun, yeah. the Nazarene mm-hmm. symbol. Uh, and also the fact that the West ignored it. Yeah. So I, it really uh, was a lot of... Um, echoes of the Holocaust. You know, can I, I, I want to just continue this conversation. I have to break for just a real quick network break. But let me let me just spend just a couple more minutes when we come back sure. on this with you, because um, it, it's important uh, of what you're saying. And um, I have some evidence in history on why it's important. Back in just a second. Sorry, I was too long winded on that. the Glenn Beck program. Ezra Levant is with us. He's the founder of uh, rebelmedia.com, and he is currently in a battle for freedom of speech in Canada. It's a pretty amazing case uh, where he wrote a book about uh, Justin Trudeau that was not flattering to Justin Trudeau, and he release, released it, became number two in on the um, on the national book sales, uh, and that was during an election. And now Trudeau is having the their version of the FEC come in and investigate them uh, because they shouldn't have done that during an election. Well, when else is anyone going to read a book about? The election. I mean, that's the whole point of that. Um, and I'm really afraid that freedom of speech is really, truly on the ropes. Um, and it's it's on the ropes. There, there's look, there's two ways to go. And I think, you know, I had dinner with Nigel Farage the other day who has pulled off a miracle. He really has. Um, uh, one of the congressmen I was talking to a couple of days ago, we were talking about Brexit. And he said, you know, I remember when Nigel came in to the Congress and he was talking to us about this Brexit thing. And he said, I kind of thought, oh, that's a cute little idea. Never going to go anywhere, but a cute little idea. And this is a freedom guy. Um, but Americans don't really understand the the vice that the BBC or in your case, the CBC and the government has on opinion you mm-hmm. don't have talk shows like this you don't you don't you're not allowed to yeah and for that to happen shows the people are done yeah and i don't know if the canadian people are are there uh and are done and i know you're fighting by yourself if if you happen to be somebody who believes in freedom of speech and you understand that this is falling all around america and if it falls all around america it, it has a better chance of falling here. We've got to push back. Um, I want you to go to a website, SaveRebelNews.com. SaveRebelNews.com. The, the Canadian government is trying to bleed uh, these guys to death in money, and governments can do that. And they keep hassling them and hassling them and hassling them and, and driving up court costs, I think, in hopes to put you out of business. I, I think so. The process is the punishment. Even if we win at the end of the day, it took all our time and money. But, you know, Nigel is an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Everyone was against him except the people. Yes. 
the media, the 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 political class. It was he really, and it was a close fought affair. It was a premonition mm-hmm. of the Trump uh, earthquake. Yes. We haven't had that moment in Canada yet. I hope we do. I see stirrings in Italy, in in other parts it's of Europe, starting to happen. Hungary, and I hope so. Get rid of this global homogenization, yeah. including in the tech sector. That that's my real worry for the long term is that censorship will happen from Facebook, Google, YouTube, to. Twitter. Not even it already is. Like in the future, I won't be called into a small room to be interrogated. No. It'll just be done, and I won't even know who did it and why. Right. And you will, when they wouldn't let you face your accuser, yeah. uh, they don't, Facebook doesn't tell you what you did wrong. Yeah. They don't, they just turn it. Yeah. And they will do, they're already doing that. Yeah. It, anyway, if you want to help out on this, saverebelnews.com. Um, and uh, please just read up about it. And if you have, um, have the will to do it, uh, he needs your help. With that being said, mm-hmm. let me go back to your help on the Nazarene Fund, which I find amazing. You have used your platform to do good and raise money every month, and you're sending the Nazarene Fund $5,000 every month, which I've known you for how long have we known each other? Well, I I come, I come meet you once, and then I go yeah, away I for months, and yeah. I meet you once, and I've enjoyed it but for I, years. I, you introduce yourself every time, and I think I say every time, <laughs> I know who you are. And, well, you meet uh, so many people. I know, and, uh, and I found out, somebody said to me, last time we met, somebody said, do you realize what he's doing for the Nazarene Fund? I said, no idea. You never said a word about it. Well, because it's not me. It's our viewers. No, so I know. We but, for, I, I mentioned we went to Iraq, and we saw this terrible situation. Yeah. And so we raised some money, but it, it's a very low-trust society. That's a I very know. friendly way of saying a corrupt place. Yes, yes. And the first three people we went to, we wanted to give it to a pharmacy. We wanted to give it to a charity. I could feel that it was going to be purloined, stolen. Uh-huh. In fact, we delivered some food on our first trip there, and we were charged quadruple the price yeah. in the market. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's ripping you off. And I had... Re- I mean... In the end, I found the Nazarene Fund, and I did my due diligence. I read your uh, IRS filings. Yeah, I yeah. read as much as I could. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it was ironic. I was going overseas to find a place to trust. It was actually here in North America that yeah. I found the one charity I trust not to waste Thank the money, you. not to pocket the money. And so we just baby steps, started giving, started yeah. giving. And I wanted to keep it low key. And then we sent one of our reporters over there in November, just to see with her own eyes, what are you guys doing on the ground? And she put together a bunch of videos. Oh, I don't think I've even seen these. Well, uh, we, we have them up on our website, okay. uh, rebelnews.com. Okay. In fact, we just them. strung them all together. Okay. About 45 minutes worth of video. Wow. Just one of our reporters on her own with a selfie stick and a cell yeah, phone yeah. spent uh, two or three days with your guys uh-huh. watching the families being taken in. It's amazing. And so we made it our Christmas drive. Our reporter went there in November, and in December we said to our viewers, hey, let's chip in, let's make this our Christmas drive. And so I have here a check um, oh from our gosh. viewers. Uh, now, it's in Canadian mini bucks, so it's, uh, it's slightly... <laughs> so it's like, about <laughs> a third of flesh. <laughs> it's not that bad. But I'm uh, delighted to give you a check for $30,907 from cow. viewers Thank of Rebel you. News. Our reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed, went there. Check you guys out. I'll be honest. I said, check them out. Make sure they're doing oh, yeah. what they say they're doing. Yeah. We want you to. And Sheila, I said, be skeptical because, you know, we're giving yeah, some it's dough. Funny. Sheila came back and 
she said, these are the best guys doing work in extremely difficult yeah. circumstances. And I thought, well, I, I'm well, in. thank you. So we, there's almost 31 grand there, and we'll continue our monthly support. And uh, it's because we trust you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Let me just say this. Simon Wies, uh, Wiesenthal Center came to me um, uh, about five years ago and said, could you please stop talking about the coming persecution of the Jews? And I said, what? Hmm. And uh, he said, for this reason, I have to convince Jews to help the Christians because, mark my words, they're coming for you first hmm. this time. They'll get to us. Hmm. But I've got to get the Jews to pay attention to the beginning, and this time they're coming for you first. Uh, and it was shortly after that that we we saw the beginning of ISIS, and so you were you as a, a, a Jew standing up for the Christians is just so great. Well, thank you. Most of our viewers are, are, are Christian. But I know, I'm, but, but, but you... Thank you. But you care. Well, I mean, I, I've been to the Holocaust Memorial in Israel, mm -hmm. and there's a concept called the righteous Gentile. Yes. Someone like Oscar Schindler, uh -huh. who at great personal risk would save Jews for yeah. no other reason than it's right. He, did, right. he wasn't a Jew himself. And I thought, surely it's time for all of us to be righteous, righteous. towards... And these are the most ancient Christians in the world. They still pray in Aramaic. That's the mm -hmm. language Jesus prayed in. Mm -hmm. And... And it sounds very much like Hebrew. I went to Hebrew school mm -hmm. so I could understand. I thought, oh, my God, look at this. You could see, you mm -hmm. know, what Pope John Paul called our, the Jews are our older brothers. And I thought, oh, look yeah. at that. They're praying in a language so close to Hebrew. And they've been there for 1,400 years in some of these towns. And then, like the Holocaust would wipe out an entire Jewish town and just make it a rumor. Gone, yeah. That's how it is in the Nineveh Plains. Yes. And I'm of the belief that the only safe future for many of these people is to leave. And that's so hard to say, but they don't have enough of contiguous territory to be protected. Right. It's a little village here and a little town there. It's not like Israel that at least has borders that they can but defend. But it's so amazing how they won't because they're like, we can't leave this. They're, it's, their it, roots this, are in the land. It's their right. land. And and it's their, they're the ones protecting this holy site that the yeah. apostles were on. Yeah. And they're like, we can't leave it. They'll destroy everything. And part of me says stay and fight, but another part of me looks around. And yeah, ISIS is gone. There's a new militia called Hashd al-Shabi. It's mm. an Iranian. And it's never ending. No. I truly believe that the Nazarene Fund has the right balance. And part of that is getting them out out of there yeah, no. just to live on well so, canada's canada's not really been a part of that you'll take in every you'll take in everybody from everywhere but trudeau put a limit on christians didn't he yeah the previous prime minister stephen harper had a special track for christian refugees of persecution it was amazing trudeau one of his first acts was to stop that why would you stop that i mean we want the lambs not the wolves trudeau will bring in the wolves from these places. Some of the largest sources of immigration in Canada are uh, Muslim countries, and that's that fine. can be fine, but can we please sort the wolves from the lambs? It would be as if in the 30s and 40s, the West was taking Germans, but didn't sort the Nazis from the Jews. Yes. Can we take the lambs, please? Yes. I'm happy to take the lambs from Iraq and Iran and Egypt, where they're right. being persecuted, and, right. and China, they're persecuting Christians. Can we sort? And China is persecuting Muslims. Yeah, the Uyghurs. Yeah. Anyway, it's incredible. I wish 
Uh, I mean, I, I love Samaritan's Purse, and I love the Nazarene Fund, and we're proud to be supporters. And Thank thanks for so letting much. me uh, you bet. hang Thank out you. with you today. Good to see you. Thank right you on. so much. You too. If you'd like to help their cause on freedom of speech up in uh, Canada, this is the moment. If you watched last night, there was a, ti- there was a title change, I thought. Um, this week is a historic week with the impeachment uh, with the humiliation of that impeachment and not towards the president, but the humiliating uh, just decimation of this case uh, and the president's speech last night, the the economy, things that are looking up. There's there's a historic sea change going on and it's happening around the world. But we have to help each other. We have to link arms because uh, not all countries are free to say the things that we are. You can uh, help um, Ezra and his uh, his organization by going to saverebelnews.com. That's saverebelnews.com. Back in a minute. You got it. I have to tell you that I thought... Donald Trump's speech last night was Reagan-esque, and that is the highest compliment I can pay any president in speech. It was Reagan-esque. I don't know if everybody watched it, but you should watch it on YouTube. If you didn't see it, it will make you feel good. I haven't. It. I. I wrote down in my notes. This is Reagan. This is the way it felt during Reagan when you started believing again. And it was this speech last night that gave us that moment of believing again. And listen and tell me this isn't Ronald Reagan. This is how he ended it. As the world bears witness tonight, America is a land of heroes. This is the place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of great many generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Truman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many others. This is the country where children learn the names like Wyatt Earp and Davy Crockett and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas patriots made their last stand at the Alamo, which actually got some grumbling from the left. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, the strongest, the fiercest, the most determined men and women to ever walk the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown. They tamed the wilderness. They settled the Wild West. They lifted millions from poverty and disease and hunger. They vanquished tyranny and fascism. They ushered the world into new heights of science and medicine. We laid down the railroads. We we dug out the canals. We raised up the skyscrapers. And our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all human history. And here we are together making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans We are the pioneers. We're the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we changed history forever by just simply embracing the internal truth that everyone is made equal equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where this can happen. 
America is the place where anyone can rise. And here on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers waiting to be explored. Our biggest, brightest discoveries are not known. Our thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is young, the sun is shining, God's grace is still shining, and the best is yet to come.